everybody glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Have his word open to celebrate his goodness and his faithfulness for us. I got to tell you, Adam, I'm as comforted by that song. I would love to have the lyrics if you don't mind before this day is over. I was so blessed this morning by the songs that we sang and particularly blessed the assurance of Jesus is mine and this is my story. This is my song. I've got to tell you, I, I hardly have the right verbiage to put around my feelings of gratitude to God for this place that did indeed make home for me at a time when I felt so entirely displaced, I did not know what to do. And she threw their arms around me as friends and laughed with me and dined with me and talked with me. I just cannot begin to say at a time when I could not have needed it more, I'll bear with you for people like Dean Tobsville and his wife, Mary, like so many of you in fact, like the precious people that have opened up their arms to me and who dared to call me at a preaching conference this week. And I am so, so thankful and will serve you with everything that I have to give. I do want to speak to you out of Philippians chapter 2. I'm going to reread only verses 1 through 8 as we get started here this morning. And then I'd like to make some comments before I come to the last of that particular section. If then there is any encouragement in Christ, if any consolation of love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, make my joy complete. By thinking the same way, having the same love, united in Spirit, intent on one purpose, do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, Consider others as more important than yourselves. Everyone should look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, who, existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on a cross. I have had a privilege I do not take lightly over the last, exactly, I counted them up last night since the day I surrendered to ministry and began very actively serving 46 solid years. I've gotten to serve in places spanning what I think I can fairly estimate as a solid 80% of the broad spectrum of traditions and denominations and streams in American Christianity. And though I practice my church life in a denominational world, the ministry God has called me to is the interdenominational. I would not have had it any other way. And I forged many, many friendships and relationships with people across that broad spectrum and been the better indeed for it. I am a dyed-in-the-wool people person, so I, I love taking in both the gifts and even a lot of the quirks of various streams. Office to say, give me 10 minutes of audio of a sermon podcast and forgive my boldness. A 
tell you what denomination it is. And if I've had enough exposure, I can probably tell you what camp it is within that denomination. I have not only been immersed in the waters of baptism, I have been immersed in the waters of church life, and I have dearly loved it. I'm asking you, would you think it is fair to say that there are sounds and ways with words and figures of speech and rhythms and intensities of volume, whether soft-spoken to ear-splitting, that are commonplace to particular traditions in a particular era? Would you believe that's fair to say? Of course there are exceptions within them. I'm, I don't wish to stereotype. I'm just suggesting that preachers and teachers and speakers within certain segments of the church often and naturally share certain similar cadences and tones to be said. And not seldom posture. Well, and haircuts, but that is for another message entirely. I've spent 40 plus years of ministry in diverse places, but primarily in those that share the primary tenets of my faith. Jesus Christ, the righteous, the Son of God and very God, incarnate, crucified for sins, dead and buried, raised on the third day and after 40 days ascended, seated at the right hand of God and returning. Make no mistake, returning. I believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and God had three in one. I believe the Holy Scriptures are complete, true, God-breathed, and fully authoritative for life and godliness. These have been, and continue to be, my upbringing. But I'm in a season of my life watching a vastly phenomenon take place within the part of the world Another and another and another and another 
until it seemed to me, and I emphasize it seemed to me, as a very flawed human. That it was like lights on a football field by the time I could catch my breath. And I had placed so much confidence and patterned so many things after those particular interpretations that everything shakable in my life rocked like an earthquake. Hebrews 12, 26 through 29 reads, But now he has promised, yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. This expression, yet once more, indicates the removal of what can be shaken, that is created things, so that what is not shaken might remain. I know a question. 
question some of you are asking in your head right now. So, was he right? I don't know if he was or not, and that is my point, because neither could he. He was teaching an apocalyptic segment of the Bible that no theologian or scholar in 20 centuries has been able to interpret without holes in the theory. Is anybody getting what I'm saying? There are many matters about which at the end of the day we are left to say, Lord, thou alone knowest. But clearly not just I. Lord, I and thou alone knowest. And in concert with a particular camp, Lord, we and thou alone
second degree that having conflated our rightness with God's, they don't just doubt us, they doubt God. Well, it says Peter remembering over our generation. Wow. Just reading that. Just the very beginning here. The righteousness Jesus began preaching the kingdom. The very first sermon out of his mouth in that gospel begins with, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. A little humility goes a long way in protecting those who want to believe we're always right. In matters that God-serving, truth-seeking scholars and theologians have not been able to settle for centuries, bringing back phrases like, I tend to think, I really believe, I'm pretty convinced, based on these verses, I lean strongly toward, and especially, let's have the humility to tell people things we've been wrong about. When was the last time we said, you know, I believed that for years, I would have stayed my life on it, but I don't know. I continue to study and grow up in my faith. I'm not so sure I was right about that. How willing are we to say to people? takes us down in pencil, but only if he has an eraser. Every now and then, I think I'll say, you can use your ballpoint pen. Then if I'm reading something just like straight off the page, okay, get out your Sharpie.